on this week's show. A Wembley date with Wrexham awaits, and Bromley Fan Mash has got high hopes. If Bromley play to their absolute maximum, they can give Wrexham a real good goal here. A double to be man of the match in the cup final, but it doesn't quite make it better for Dartford striker Adi Aziz. It still hurts now. Um, when you think about it, obviously, I think it will even hurt when you see the final game see whoever gets promoted. But folks in Vicks Neil County cannot believe that his side had to play, even play the cup final at all. Just, I think, you know, the people around it have got to look at it and think, hang on, they've messed this up a bit, you know, the last 20 minutes, nobody, our players couldn't run, they couldn't do anything, done anything for three weeks. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Can Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. It's our penultimate show of the season, but there's no let up for you as there's still loads going on across the county. I'm Joe Phipps, he's probably about to surprise my co-host for the second time this week. And speaking of who he's on the line now, of course, the man whose torturous season is finally over. Matt Gerrard, how are you? Not bad, mate. Not bad at all, really. Uh, again, so much going on in Ken football, Ken non-league football over the last week or so. It's just absolutely mental. At one stage, I thought oh, I was going to be announced that I was going to be appointed a manager at one of these clubs. It's just been mental, isn't it? There was rumours you were going to get sacked as well, but I don't know where that came from. <laughs> yeah, exactly, after a day. Yeah. Or um, Leroy Rossinia, 13 minutes, whatever it was. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. Guess where I am? Um, the Kent, you're at the um, Kent Senior Cup final. Correct, that's exactly where I am. I am at Chatham, right. where folks in Victor are playing Dartford. Uh, so one yeah, I decided, I decided to go. Yeah, it's 1 0 to. Do you know what? It's been a really good game so far. 1 um, 0 to Folkestone. There was a controversial decision not to give a penalty to uh, to Dartford when Adi Aziz went through and it looked like he'd been tripped by the keeper. The referee blew his whistle and pointed towards the spot and then started running away. He'd given a goal kick or a, or a free kick. Uh, then Many people folks, there? About 500, they reckon. Um, Folkestone have had a goal disallowed for offside, but then they took the lead. Uh, about 35 minutes through Adi Yusuf. So it's half time at the moment. Uh, I am currently taking shelter by an emergency exit, uh, trying to be quite inconspicuous as I record the show uh, in the corner here at the, uh, the Bowville Stadium, uh, Maidstone Road. But yeah, I thought I'd, uh, I'd come out and, uh, and, and, and see the game. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm nothing if, if not a hypocrite because we were quite happy to stag it off last week. Uh, but here, we, <laughs> here I am, I've got a free ticket. They're not going to ask you to hand the trophy over, are they? Uh, well, I don't know. They haven't mentioned it, but you never know. Um, you never know what's going to happen. But uh, yeah, so here I am. I am and, uh, and it's all strength side, either side? Uh, the Folkestone side is very strong, given that their season finished on the 23rd of April. Uh, the only player really not that they haven't got is the goalkeeper. So they've got a young lad in goal who's done OK uh, so far, but their side is strong. Dartford, on the other hand, uh, yeah, not so many names that you would recognise in there. I think from the team that I saw at Eastbourne three weeks ago or two weeks ago, there's uh, maybe two players in the starting eleven and another two that are on the bench. Uh, not the uh, a lot of people whose work I'm not familiar with uh, from the Dartford squad. So we shall. Uh, are you giving should, Steve King a time afterwards? Oh, well, he, he didn't. He, he should be giving me one, shouldn't he? Exactly. Yeah, he should be. Yeah, he's in his car. He's got yeah. a nice car as well. I think he's got a personalised number plate as well. No, exactly. I mean, you know, anyone can have a personalised number of plates. But yeah, so nice to be out. Uh, It's a little bit rainy, so I've I've been kind of dodging the showers and everything like that. And people keep walking past looking at me uh, as if I'm doing something dodgy because I'm just kind of hid away a little bit. But I can see the pitch, I can see the goals, uh, and I'm just trying to be 
uh, a little bit conspicuous as I'm doing this. Uh, very apart from that, everything, everything well with you? Yeah, yeah, we've been, yeah, it's been a lovely day here. So went down the, had a bit of picnic on the beach this evening. Okay. We're coming in, settled in for the pod. So, um, and that's it. Well, just the season's over, mate, really. So thank goodness for that. So, and it summed it all up on Sunday, really, when uh, it was just funny. So, but yeah, apart from that, we're all, um, we're all good to go and ready for the break and ready to go again. Yes, absolutely. Right. So, anyway, it's so our 216th episode this week. And this is a good one. Uh, taken straight from my preferred online encyclopedia, Plato's number uh, is a number enigmatically referred to by Plato in his dialogue, The Republic. The text is notoriously difficult to understand, and its corresponding translations do not allow an unambiguous interpretation. There is no real agreement either about the meaning or the value of the number. It has also been called the geometrical number or the nuptial number, the number of the bride. At the passage in which Plato introduced the number has been discussed ever since it was written, with no consensus in the debate. As the number its actual value, 216 is the most frequently proposed value for it, but it also could be 3,600 or 1,000 or 12,960,000. Uh, I don't understand. I've never heard such a contrast in numbers between it's either 216 or it's 12,960,000. What, what is all that about? Well, 216. That's a quite, a, quite a nice number, 216. It's probably. I think yeah, I'm right in saying it's six times six times six. Sign of the devil. Well, that is true. I hadn't thought of that. So, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's six, 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 but yeah, so, well, a crazy number. We better move on from that with the sign of the devil. We don't want this to be. If you're into that sort of thing, so uh, this one could go big, mate. If people it mention could. that, the sign of the occult, I tell you, will be uh, will be going everywhere. If I get attacked during this, we'll then, know why. I said occult, yes. <laughs> I didn't say. I did uh, say that. I, I was on the saying that today. I was on my phone to my one of my friends, and I dropped a swear word to describe something, and his mum was in the car, which I didn't know about. To be fair, I did that on, on this show, what, three weeks ago when Megs was in the room. So, you know, yeah, exactly. swings yeah, exactly. around about. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I thought, yeah, so it was, I was descri- describing in something and uh, I, thought, I did apologise. And he said, well, you didn't use it in badness. Just describe it. Yes, absolutely. Right, on with the show then. Uh, and as I wrote this section of the script, I had no interviews to actually talk about. And, and to be honest, a couple have fallen through since then, but we're going to plough on regardless. Uh, let's start with the big games to come over the weekend. Two of them, to be pre-precise. For Bromley, it's a second trip to Wembley in five seasons as they face Wrexham in the FA Trophy final. Four years ago, they were minutes, nay, seconds away from winning the competition against Brackley, only to lose on penalties. They aren't the favourites this time around. With their opponents also having the playoffs to focus on, perhaps there is a chance. Matt Cole with Bromley fan Matchell St. Patrick Hewitt to get his thoughts ahead of the big day out at Wembley. Listen, Bromley came seventh last year, and that was Bromley's highest ever finish, talking modern era, highest ever finish in the context of the National League. And I think your, your average football fan expects a football club to make year-on-year improvement. That's not always possible, but I think that tends to be the target each season. So Bromley sneaked in last season on the on, on the last day of the season. So there was definitely um, some ambition from within the club and outside the club as a fan base as well that Bromley would have a more kind of comfortable um, approach towards the playoffs this season. And to be fair... The first half of the season, maybe first two-thirds of the season, it looked like it would play out that way. And I think once you put yourself into a position where it looks like you're going to make the playoffs, any fall-off 
um, from that position looks like a grave uh, disappointment. But, and there is a but, in the context of where Bromley are as a football club, I personally don't believe that Bromley are yet to be at a stage where they can call themselves a perpetual playoff side um, in the National League. I still think there's some growth for the club, both on and off the pitch, before they can really put themselves up there as one of the regular challengers in the top echelons of the of the National League. So yes, there's a there's a there's a tad bit of disappointment about finishing tenth, but I think there also has to be a touch of realism about the the quality of the National League, particularly this season. Yeah, I have to say, I think when I've visited off the field, that in the space of three or four years, the club has grown remarkably off the field and. I'm a great believer, you know, you don't run before you can jump. If you if you can make yourself, you know, uh, self-sufficient and have a quality off-the-field product, on the field will come as well. And I think Bromley have done it the right way round. And we've seen clubs in Kent before, we've thrown money at it. We're not having the infrastructure, but clearly looking in, that Bromley do have that infrastructure now. Yeah, most definitely. And I think, um, as, as you kind of say, that the foundations are being set. So I think, uh, I mean, we, we could have this conversation next season. And I think it would be fair, it would be fair to say that next season, I think the targets will be, will be the playoffs. But I think, Matt, when you, when, when you look at the National League, how many teams in the National League, and I'm going to say to you probably just over half, if not two thirds of the National League, would gladly take um, uh, an FA Trophy final over a playoff position come the come the end of the season. So I, I think it's I think it's a bit churlish to, to to turn our nose up at at reaching another Wembley final. And I stress another because you would think with a club the size of Bromley that that's a once in a generation thing, let alone a twice in four years thing. Yeah, looking back, I was there on that fateful Sunday back in May in two thousand and eighteen. Um, it. it Again, I always thought as a, as a supporter, seeing your side at Wembley would be the best thing. But after seeing Bromley lose the game of the last, well, lose the game of the last kick of the game, then lose on penalties, I always thought that you, if you're going all that way, you've got to win. And on Sunday, it will be tough against Wrexham. And, but you know, it's all about winning on Sunday, isn't it? Whatever happens, and it will be a tough game. But do, do you want revenge? You know, you don't want to go through what happened before, I presume. Yeah. <laughs> And I felt, not being a Bromley fan, I felt for you that day as a football fan, everybody. I think the, if, if if all Bromley fans could be surveyed before the match, I think all of us would be in unison in saying that the only thing we don't want is penalties. Yeah. Um, is a, a penalties on, um, on Sunday. But, um, I mean, yeah, four years ago was, I mean, what, 21 seconds away, yeah. was it? 21 seconds away from winning um, the final and then obviously extra time and penalties and then we lost it. But, um, yeah, we're underdogs. We're, we're, we're underdogs on Sunday. Um, but I don't think we're... I don't think we're huge underdogs. I think lots of people look at Wrexham and they look at the money that Wrexham have got, the Hollywood tag, um, Paul Mullin and Ollie Palmer up front that would probably be in a couple of, if not most of the League One teams, let alone League Two. But, I mean, you've probably seen Wrexham with, uh, play Dover, mm. the, well, 6-5. You've seen Wrexham mm. play, play Dover this year. Um, Wrexham, to me, aren't as... What's the word I want to see you use it? 
I don't think they're as good as the money makes out. Yeah. If that makes any sense, and that's not, and that's not me trying to say they're not a good side. Of course they're great. Of course they're a good side. But what I mean is, having seen probably play Stockport, and I'll use Stockport as an example. Stockport to me had a clear, definable level that they could reach, which was significantly beyond Bromley. Whereas when I've seen Bromley play Wrexham this season, I've thought, okay, if Bromley play to their absolute maximum, they can give Wrexham a real good goal here. Um, so all Bromley can do on Sunday is is essentially do that: turn up, leave, don't leave any, don't leave any, um, no player leave any kind of half measures out there. Everybody give their all, and I genuinely believe that they have the match of Wrexham if that. If if that is achieved um, on Sunday, but of the, the the big question mark and what Wrexham do have up their locker, of course, is when you pay three hundred thousand pounds for a striker, which no other club in the league can do. You expect that a three hundred thousand pound striker can produce one moment of brilliance. So there is that kind of caveat that Wrexham do have individual quality that could possibly take the game away from Bromley. Do you, do you do you think it works in their favour that I think forty eight hours later, whatever it is, seventy two hours later, they've got their. Um... They, well, not a week later, they could be involved in the playoffs as well. Do you think they'll take their mind off the, you know, they've got one eye on the playoffs rather than the trophy final itself? I'd love to believe that. I'd love to believe that is the case. I'd love to believe that they might go into Wembley and rest maybe one or two players. Um, I think the fact that their semi-final eliminator is a week Thanks, away yeah. gives them... The, the safety net of being able to play a full-strength side and then play a full-strength side again um, when they play. I think it would be Notts County or Grimsby. Mm. But I, I, I would be surprised if they don't have one eye on, on the semi-final a week later. And what I think is more likely from Rexton is that they may already have a plan that, again, let's take a Mullin and a Palmer, that they might want to take them off mm. with 20 minutes to go because I can't imagine that they'd want to risk injury for those players ahead of a playoff um, ahead of a playoff semi-final and potentially a playoff final as well so I, I, I think it would be I think it would be a stretch to say that Wrexham wouldn't have an eye on the playoffs because for them clearly the playoffs are more important than the FA trophy final so what what's your plan on Sunday are you, are you following exactly the same thing you did four years ago or are you changing it up this time <laughs> so four years ago Four years ago, I the, the, the thought of defeat didn't cross my mind <laughs> at any point. <laughs> I just assumed, I, I'll, I'll freely admit to you that I just assumed that we were going to win four years ago. And um, it's, uh, it's only when Jack Holland's penalty crashed against the pulse that the realisation that probably might not win actually entered my mind. Um, so, so this time round, um, I'm determined to enjoy the day first and foremost. And if Bromley win, obviously it'll be fantastic. Um, it'll probably be a bit of a surprise as well. But I, I, I think I would. I think I'm probably similar to lots of Bromley fans in that all most Bromley fans will want on on Sunday is the team comes away knowing that they they did everything they could. And if it means that we still lose because Wrexham played brilliantly as well I think most people can stomach that so just want to enjoy the day and then put in a really good performance and what will be will be he's a good man old Mash and um, you know he's a loyal Bromley fan he's, he's been there when they've had about five fans watching games so he was looking he's looking forward to it I think he wants to take it in more than he did before because he said, he said in the interview there he thought they were going to go and win 
Sunday. But he's going to go there, enjoy the moment. He's going to take it on board that Bromley have had a good season. Tenth place in the National is a good season and a trip to Wembley. And he said majority of clubs will take that. So they'll go there, not as favourites as they were before. And you never know if, if Wrexham may have a bigger fish to throw. They could bring home a trophy and what the achievement that would be. Do you think there's a different uh, experience for those Bromley fans? Because I guess four years ago it was a matter of, oh, well, we're at Wembley. What an achievement. We're just delighted to be here. Uh, and, and even though they were the favourites and they subsequently didn't win, I guess this time around they haven't got that same experience of, wow, what a novelty little Bromley at Wembley because they were there four years ago. So, so I wonder how, how the, the mentality of supporters is going to be on, on Sunday because they'll obviously want to win. Uh, and I do hope for them that Wrexham have got bigger fish to fry over the coming weeks, haven't they? Yeah, I, I think that hardcore fans, you know, I take a trip to Wembley, get alone two in the space of four years. I, I think they'll just enjoy the moment. They're gonna. They just, they, I think they've got a good, better side than they did have four years ago. They just got to hope the game goes with them. And I think if they play to their abilities, get in the face of Wrexham not let them lie to a Mexican result the weekend they can't get at I'm sure all those players are thinking their aim is to get promoted if they don't if they don't get promoted Wrexham it's an absolute disaster for them they've probably got to use that think, right, let's go again here I would have thought looking at that squad it could be some of the last players last game for the club as well so try and go out with a bang in front of those fans and you know very jealous of uh, probably there twice in four years going to the uh, National Stadium and fingers crossed they can get results particularly for Bath he's the top right yeah it's an interesting one and, and you know I, I do just if you're Phil Parkinson how strong do you go in this game on Saturday because they've obviously they, they, they aren't in the eliminator they, they've got a, a little wait before they start their playoff yeah. campaign but you want to keep your players you're in that sort of quandary of do you keep your players fresh and play your best players and play your strongest team or do you do you rest them? Because they're at the end of a very long season. You've got two more games potentially to play. One at home and, and then one at the London Stadium. And I just want, I just wonder, is the FA Trophy a priority for Rex? But they've also got the, the age-old thing that we've talked about with teams in the scaffold. They're hoping they never have the chance to play in this competition again. And a day out at Wembley is, is, is something to be treasured. And you look at it from the other point of view. We've talked about the Bromley fans. If you're a Wrexham fan, you're getting up bloody early to get yourself all the way down to, to Wembley and you want to see your team give their all, don't they? So I'll, I'll be keeping a, a very close eye. I can't make it on Sunday, but I'll be keeping a very, very close eye on what the teams are when they're announced. Yeah, he said in that interview there, they have got a week before their next game. But I, I just I just think Bromley, if they can get into them, the likes of the team scores goals in this competition, they can get a, get a result. Is that a goal? It was a goal. Darsen have just equalised there. A little bit of a, a ricket from the young uh, from the young goalkeeper. Came for a cross, didn't get there. He's nodded back in. Uh, and uh, a simple header. I'm not 100% sure who scored it. Uh, looks like it was number 11, which I think is Danny Leonard. But I will double-check that with my team sheet that I have in my hand. Uh, Luke Allen uh, has scored the goal to make it 1-1. Uh, for Dartford here in this final. We'll go straight to penalties uh, if it finishes level uh, after extra time. But as I say, uh, do you know what? Given the game a bit of stick, it's been a really good game so far. So one all uh, just early in the second half. Um, going back to Bromley, it's, it's a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, Andy Woodman, uh, 
I think he's quite an affable fellow, and I think he would he would love nothing more than to than to win that. And, and I suppose this is a horrible way of putting it, but if he wins that game, then that's something Neil Smith didn't do, isn't it? And, and I guess that 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 proves that Bromley have, have made the right decisions as they've gone along. Yeah, uh, again, the infrastructure of that club is in the right thing. They've got, I think he's a good manager, Woodman. I think he's a he's a good man manager. And I think it'll be a fantastic achievement. I know he's been linked to other jobs. Looks good on him if they win that competition as well, maybe as well. Other clubs will still it. But I think the key thing is probably enjoy enjoy the day out. Maybe you won't enjoy the day out as much as you did before, but they'll enjoy it if they win. And fingers crossed that's enough. Yes, good luck to Bromley and, and, and Mash. I hope you're smiling uh, come come Saturday, Sunday evening. And thanks for your time uh, there. Well, let's also then move on, Matt, and talk about the, the other big game over the weekend on Saturday. Uh, D-Day for Ebbsfleet United as they travel to face Dorking Wanderers for a place in the National League. Fleet booked their spot after beating Chippenham Town after extra time on Sunday with the Chips having ended Darford's hopes with a win on penalties in, in the Eliminator Clash at Prince's Park on Thursday night. Uh, a big old game that on Saturday. What, what do you make of Ebsley's chances, Matt? I think Ebsley are going to win. I've just got a funny feeling. I think the games they've had against Dorking, they lost 5 0 at Dorking. They, they did. They got an absolute shoe in. Uh, I just think all the pressure is on Dorking, all the money they've put involved. They thought they would get promoted, promoted last season. I know Ebsley spent a little bit of money, but I think Dennis Katrib, somehow he's got something there. I think he. He's going to prove it. They're going to try and frustrate Dorking. I think I've just got a funny feeling they're going to do get the result and get into the National League and it will be an bitter blow for Dorking who, you know, desperate to get into that division. But I just, I just feel I've got a funny feeling that it's going to do it. They're going to be massive underdogs because Dorking, particularly at home, are, apart from when Tumbridge beat them early in the season, are really a really solid side. And, you, and you've seen Ebsley... I think they got promoted before out of the National League to away from home when they beat Farnborough. They've lost two finals at home. They've been in a lot of Conference South finals as a club. Funnily enough, they've lost them at home, but I think I fancy them to get a result away from home. They might go go to the wire, but I fancy them to get a result away from home. I think the thing with Dorking is is they're very formidable at home and they score a lot of goals at home. And, and, and that's the key thing uh, for, for Ebsley. And I, and I guess it is... To, to frustrate them, you know, if, if it's, it's probably one of those where Dorking, you just want to keep them quiet for an hour and, and then try and, and, and push on uh, and go for it. And I guess the battle that they had on Sunday, uh, Ebsfeet against Chippenham, will, will stand them in good stead for that. Yeah, uh, that was a difficult one. I'm led to believe that Dorking, uh, Chippenham did well against Dartford and it was always going to be tough the way that Chippenham played. It may work in Ebsley's favour that Dorking will come out of them and, and the pace on the, on the counter-attack could work in Ebsley's favour. Ebsley like to play with the ball. We interested to see how much of the ball they get in that game. But I think they've got the quality and the experience of the players they've got. You know, Lee Martin scoring that goal, coming in at Chris Solly. Dennis Katri, it, it, it's his, his first one. He's not sort of linked to the, the problems they've had for four in the playoffs. This must be Ebsley. It's about their fifth playoff in about... 10 years is ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, something some, like something that. It, and, and I suppose you, you kind of hit the uh, the nail on the head there when you said Dennis Kutrib hasn't got the scars of the previous Oh, no, no, exactly. You know, it, and, and I guess for, for a manager who's come from from abroad, this is probably a new experience for him. And 
I've, when I've seen Ebbs Fleet this season, I've seen them a couple of times, and they, they look like a half-decent side. And, and, and I just think in a one-off game, I, I think you'd back them. I mean, they did well in the FA Cup, didn't they? They got to the first round proper. Um, they, you know, they had a, a good day out at Leighton Orient. And, and I think that experience, and, and they've, they've got match winners in their team. And I, I, think, yeah, I think you could be right. I think they could be in with a really, really good shout. Uh, on, I think, on Saturday, I think everybody's going to expect Dawkins. And again, and you say they can keep Dawkins quiet early doors, and then pressure will get to them. All the pressure's on them to get promoted because the investment that Mark White's put into the club. And, and I think absolutely, you know, feel with COVID, they shouldn't have been relegated as well. So I think the spirit at the club's there to think, right, we're going to go and do this. And the, and the season that's going to be complete. Now the first season. It's going to be completed. They could bounce back first try with full one. So, yeah, I just, I just fancy them. I don't know what it is. I just fancy they've got a chance to win. And from a Kenta point of view, fantastic to have another side of the National League next season. I'm going to ask you this. Forget that you're the co-host of the Kent Only podcast for a moment. Uh, as a Dover Athletic fan, which of these clubs would you rather have in your division next season? Absolutely. Is that because you think so I that... Think, I think because... I think they've both got plenty of money. Um, or pl- not not plenty of money. That's thing. They've got a decent budget to attract players and they're both full-time, which I'm led to believe. So, um, Dawkins with Mark White, if he doesn't, he's going to throw more and more money at it to get out of this division. So, um, Whereas I don't think... Um, perhaps Ebb's fleet have, have got their business model and they will stick to it. Yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, got Dennis Katri, I think. He's brought the players in. He will go for it, and they'll go again. But I think they've got just want to go in the national league. Of course, from a David point of view, you want extra Kent games, and if Dortmund don't get promoted, they'll be massive favourites to win the league next season. Would absolutely be, arguably they would be, but not as much as Dortmund. So, and we want more Kent derbies from a David. Yes, we do. Um... Well, I'm watching them at the moment. In fact, they've got a corner literally right in front of where I'm standing. Uh, let's talk about Dartford. You know, I'll be we'll be getting some reaction to, to tonight's game, and, and I probably will bring up uh, Thursday as well. But that, what an absolute sucker punch for them uh, to to lose to Chippenham on penalties in that game on Thursday. And I think Matt, whatever happens here tonight, I think Dartford will be ultimately disappointed with their season. Well. Again, Kent Senior Cup, you may see it lifted, John, but it's nothing compared to what we thought, what, October, November time? We thought they were going to um, walk away with the league. Eight wins out of nine, I think it was. But then it just went a little bit wrong for them. Um, again, I think one of the facts is that 40-odd, 45 players they've used this season, and you expect that. The side struggling at the wrong end of the table, not the side going for promotion. And maybe that's the issue. Um, they've used too many players and not had a solid squad. Look at Maidstone, they've probably used 20 odd players and they've won the league. Sometimes stability is the way to go forward. Sometimes I, I like Steve King, but I always get the feeling that he's a manager who's always looking for, for, for better. He, 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 he finds it hard to just have that sort of settled side and, and, and keep going. And I guess that's that, that's probably, as you say, they've used too many players. That, that could well have been their downfall this season. Yeah. Again, Jake Robinson wasn't even involved in the final, was he? So, and he was their leading goal scorer. So, an embarrassment of riches at some times for Steve King. Um, 
he is renowned for that. He's got his contact with. He's absolutely amazing, isn't he? The players he's got in there, and he's brought a few in, and just hasn't worked out. Maybe when at the start of the season when they were playing the wingers, Adi Aziz was scoring goals and they had a solid side. It worked well, and maybe he'll learn from that. You know, maybe maybe the important thing is to be more, you know, structured in Rio rather than bringing players and players out. But look, you know, I speak to a few. You know, I work with a Dartford fan, and he said, you know, a new player comes in week in week out. And, they can't sort of relate to the team well after the time. So it's just been one of those frustrating seasons. But really, the position they were in, they'd be disappointed not to at least get to the semi-final of the playoffs. But then yes. See what Steve King does next. And how many of those players will be there next season? Yes, absolutely. And that is uh, obviously something that will be uh, discussed. Well, we're talking about the darts. So let's uh, discuss the Kent Senior Cup final. As I say, I, I am here. Uh, I'm currently watching it, Darthard, on the attack. They've, they've had a good start uh, to the second half. Uh, by the magic of, uh, well, really rather simple technology, uh, I'm going to hand over to, to me uh, to discuss the, the final outcome and get some reaction to that game. Yes, technology. Hey, here I am uh, the day after I said those last words, recording another bit for the show. Uh, as you heard throughout the, the throughout the show, it was a very, very entertaining game uh, at Maidstone Road on Tuesday evening. In the end... Dartford ran out 6-2 winners uh, on the night. It just got a little bit too much for Folkestone towards the end, as you'll hear uh, shortly from boss Neil Cugley. Uh, and Dartford ran riot towards the end. They scored four goals quite quickly. Uh, Folkestone did have a couple disallowed, and, and they certainly had their moments. And the Folkestone fans were absolutely superb throughout. But it wasn't to be for them. Their wait to win the Kent Senior Cup continues. 1985 was the last time that they won that trophy. But Dartford, uh, they retained the cup that they won in 2020 and they moved on. They've, I think they've won three in the last six that have been played uh, the Kent Senior Cup. So congratulations to them. Uh, he was named man of the match after scoring two late goals. Uh, so, and afterwards, I spoke to striker Adi Aziz, starting by asking him about his late brace. Yeah, yeah, it's always nice to um, get a win, especially in a, in, a, in, a, in a cup final. So, yeah, take that all day, definitely. I think the scoreline probably flattered you a little bit at the end, but you, you managed to stick your goals away. And I, I was right by the, the, the your first goal. Lovely yeah. ball in, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a great ball. That's what we were saying. That's what I, I was asking for, to be fair. And we knew we were capable of doing it. I think we, was, we weren't as, at our best as a collective in the first half. But second half, we had a word in there and said that we just need to be a bit more direct and a bit more definitive in the, first, in the, second, in the final third, sorry. <clears throat> and we did that, so yeah, credit to, we came out guns blazing and yeah, fair play to them. Um, I think the, so the scoreline does flatter us a bit. It wasn't as easy as it sounds, but I think our quality came through in the end. It's probably not the silverware you wanted to be lifting this yeah. month, but nice to win a cup. Yeah, definitely, obviously, it was a, I think we wanted to go out on a high, um, obviously, after getting knocked out in the um, playoffs. Uh, I think that was always our main goal and sometimes it's not meant to be but we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll kind of regroup as a squad and whether we're here or not And but it's always nice to um, yeah get a, get a win and a silver win. I know it's probably still quite raw but how have you processed last Thursday? It hurts it still hurts now um, when you think about it obviously I think it will even hurt when you see the final game and when you see whoever gets promoted because I do believe we had a squad that could could um that could have gone up but it wasn't meant to be um we had, we had things happen in the season, things don't go your way, but it's just one of those things that's football. It's one of those, isn't it? I mean, you scored 13 in your last two away games, yeah. and if, you, if you'd had two of those goals, you yeah. saved them for your two home yeah. games, you'd be that, getting ready for, that's for it. the final. That's it, that's it. Um, yeah, our last two out of three uh, games, 
like you said, we just scored 13 goals and you, you think you can take them to the, to the players. But we all know, um, anyone that's been in the playoffs, the boys that have their first game in the playoffs, we know that it's a lottery and it's just whoever it turns up on the day. Um, and form does go out the window in those kind of situations, those pressure games. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. But I think any, everyone that was involved, I think they'll take... It will hurt, but we'll kind of use that and, and go again wherever we may be next year. You obviously you've been around a little bit. How hard have you made this? Found this division this season because I mean the teams at the top, you're all exceptional. Yeah, yeah no, this league, it's tough. Um, you have players from all kinds of standards. Um, a lot of players in this league now have played in the league, if not been at academies and kind of find find themselves for whatever reason at this level. So this level is tough. Um, and the fact that only one team goal gets up automatically, it's even tougher. So the standard, any team can beat anyone in a day. So it just tells you the the kind of standard that's in. In this league, yeah. You've just said a couple of times that wherever we are, if we're here, uh, do you know what the future holds for you yet? No, 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 no. Um, no, I'm just going to enjoy my time off, um, time with my family, my girlfriend, my little man, and kind of rejuvenate, go on holiday and just see what happens next year. So, yeah, that's the plan. Adi Aziz there uh, on good form. I thought I really enjoyed that chat, actually, and you, c- you could see that it does still hurt. Uh, that they didn't achieve what their number one aim was this season, which was promotion. And we've talked about Dartford uh, already on the show. And and I do think there is a sense of, you know, what could have been for Dartford this season. As Matt has said, you look back and you think where they were and and how rampant they were at the start of the season. And it it all just went wrong for them uh, in the end. But they ended with a trophy. Uh, All the, the players and the fans were very connected. And as Adi Aziza said there, we don't know what the future holds. We know... There may be some changes in personnel in the playing squad at Dartford. But their challenge is to win the league next season and, and, and get promoted. And with that, only that one automatic promotion place, it is difficult. There are going to be a lot of teams who are going to be going for it. Whoever loses in the playoff final on Saturday, chief among them, I'm sure. But Dartford will, will want to start well and they'll just want to carry that on through this time around. Obviously, while there were winners of the, of the Kent Senior Cup on Tuesday night, there were also losers. Uh, and after the game, I spoke to folks in Victor Manager, Neil Cugley, starting by asking about if the score flattered Dartford. Uh, yeah, it's just such a sad air. It's just, it's just a bit of a farce, isn't it? We've had lads gone on stag do's and different things, come back from holidays to make the numbers up. And just, I think, you know, the people who run it have got to look at it and think, hang on, they've messed this up a bit, you know, the last... 20 minutes, nobody, our players couldn't run, they couldn't do anything, they haven't done anything for three weeks, it's it's made it, and it's a shame because I thought we'd play well for an hour, I'm not saying tough, I didn't deserve to win obviously, but it did make a bit of a farce in the end, we had no legs and, and it's just run out of steam and that's a shame because up to half an hour it was a good game of football. I, I think when I got here tonight and I saw the team sheet, I, I, my first thought was, well, credit to you for, for getting such a strong team out. Yeah, no, I was pleased, with, you know, people have come back and... Uh, RJ has come back from Newcastle last game, got back and we, well honestly Matt Newman turned down something here but we've had people on stag do's and everything you know, and I can't blame them for that, that because they thought the season they, was they, so they, they book it and then oh, come back it's, yeah, the preparation wasn't right and it, it showed in the last you know 20 minutes so that's what's disappointing and it is frustrating as you say you play well and, and your supporters tonight I know a lot of them had trouble getting up here because it was too late to organise coaches no, they, trains and stuff they Superb. Yeah, they, you know that's why you're a bit disappointed. I get uh, my local blokes, so I get a bit down more than most, I suppose, when you when you lose these games. But now I've got to put it in in context. It's for 70 minutes we were good, you know. And I thought first half we were very good, um, but just in the end, of the, they started to run midfield. We couldn't couldn't get near them really. To be fair. Um, 
the season as a whole. Obviously, you were finished weeks ago, but now you're back. Um, I guess you were frustrated to, to miss out on the playoffs, but another good effort. Yeah, we, we, we it's our 60th game today, and it's, you know, we've never we had the longest ever. Well, uh, FA Trophy run. Yeah, obviously going to Wrexham. Had the two games against Eastleigh in the FA Cup. Got to the um, this final. Got a semi-final. Have lost the trophy, so, and we finished just outside the playoffs. So we, you know, we we know we maybe look got to try and get a bit of a stronger squad. Or do you, you know, um, do you, you know, push more the league and forget the cups? I don't know. But uh, no, we've had a great season, and uh, it was just it was a bit like today, really. The season. Um, just you know, at the end, it was too much. A bit like tonight, really. Yeah, you're always a man who's sort of operates with a small squad. I suppose you, is that one of your considerations for next season? Is it a bit more quantity over quality in some yeah, cases? Yeah, it's hard to get it right because you obviously got a certain budget. We're not a rich club, you know. So you have to try and do, you know, uh, you want to keep the better players, and they won't cost you a bit more money sometimes. So you know, that's why you can't always have a big squad. You can have a big squad and have the quality, and then then that can be dangerous. And, and I suppose all the time you've got the, the front two that you had out tonight. I mean, they're, they're going to score goals, aren't they? And you're lucky to have them. And I guess keeping them is one of the big things you want to try and do. Yeah, of course I do. You know, whether I do or don't, I don't. I don't know. It's not early days yet. Let's see. You know, um, but they're good lads, and um, they've worked hard. They've got a lot of goals. Again, scored again tonight. You know, can't look at Get to the end of the season. Obviously, you're the most ex- longest-serving manager in Kent. Do you, do you ever get to the end of the season? And think, Oh, maybe it's time, or are you still up for this? Well, it's gone on for so long this year. Don't you? If I was going to pack up, then when it was, no, I'm still up for it. I want one. You know, I'm not saying I'll do it after this year, next year coming. I won't do that one, but I'm very lucky. I've got two great people in Roland Edge and uh, Michael Everett, who are, who are brilliant for me, and uh, they have a big say in what we do. You know, I don't think people realise that. You know, I front it, front a lot of it, but they do a lot of the work for me. So you've still got the passion and desire, and you still love folks and Victor. Yeah, I love it, mate. I love folks. When you see the fans like today and clapping every players off, and, and you want to give it a go, a go to try and you know give them something. I thought he spoke very well there, Neil Cogley. Very, very disappointed. Obviously, I don't think he could really believe uh, that his side had, had been put in that situation. And they did give a real good go at it. As he said there, 70 minutes, they were really, really in the game. But in the end, the tired legs just run out. You know, Dartford have been playing games all the way up to last week. Whereas folks, and as, as he said there, players have been on stag dues. They've been away to, to last minute things and bits and pieces. And, and they did well to, to come out of it unscathed, I suppose, with, with injuries and, and fair play to all of those players. And, and always nice to speak to Neil Cugley and, and, and glad to hear that it's not the end of the line for him just yet. He's, he's still going strong and also very quick to praise uh, his, his, his coaching team there, Roland Edge and Michael Everett and everything that they do for him. Uh, folks in Victor, they've had a good season again, as he said there. They just just come up short and they've got to work out if it's going to be quantity over quality next season. Uh, we will look forward to seeing how things play out, folks. And great support uh, from folks in Victor on, on Tuesday night in the Cup final. It wasn't to be for them, uh, but fingers crossed they will uh, manage to, to, to build and, and go again next season because they're, they're a great club, folks, and, uh, and I wish them all well. I hope they all have a lovely summer. Uh, now we're going to hand back over to me when the score was 3-2. Or was it 2-1? Do you know what? I can't remember what the score was. But anyway, you'll hear updates of the game that's going to finish 6-2 in the next bit of the show. Great stuff there, John. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, uh, we talked last week about this game, uh, how it was uh, were thrown together very quickly. And I've actually spoken to a couple of people uh, from the Kent FA today. 
uh, about the game and I asked some some questions. It wasn't a, a massive on the record conversation, but the person, the main person I'm speaking to knew well enough that I would probably report this back. Uh, so I firstly asked why this game is being played tonight, why it was being done so quickly. And he said um, they were told by the uh, the FA, the big FA, that if they want this to be the 21-22 season cup, it has to be finished by the 31st of May. So the final had to be played uh, in the next few days. I mean, it would have been a very interesting affair had Dartford uh, still been uh, in the playoff picture, uh, but that's by the by. Um, and the other question I said was, you know, going forward, do you think this could potentially be a pre-season competition? And I'm told there's not a lot of appetite from the clubs for that to happen. They would rather have friendlies during pre-season. Uh, but what the plan is going forward uh, is they're going to do the first round draw a lot earlier in the season uh, and give teams three months to play the games. Uh, do the same, then do the next round draw uh, and say these games will be played by Christmas. So all you will have in the post Christmas period is the quarterfinals, the semi-finals, and the final, which will hopefully reduce fixture congestion going forward. Uh, it won't get in the way of the FA Cup and the F, uh, and the FA Trophy, which are obviously a lot more lucrative than the Kent FA. And having had that conversation, actually, do you know what? It makes sense. And, you know, credit to Folkestone uh, for getting the players out that they've got tonight. Credit to Dartford for giving it a good go as well. Uh, and credit to the near 500 people that have turned up to watch this game. It's done at short notice. The weather's not the best at the moment. Uh, but people have come out to support it. Uh, and I think that's a real positive, Matt. Yeah. I remember, as I said before, I remember the days of the, uh, the Kent Senior Cup being a, a massive competition. It's not anymore. I, I did hear that. That was the reason why it had to play, because the big FA said you had to play it, which is absolutely, you know, when we've had before, when we know Cup competitions have been played twice in the space of three weeks, hold over from before. So, yeah, it's... It's not, to be fair to Dartford, I think that when they played Dover, they played near enough the first team. So Dartford were the only one who treated it seriously because Steve King likes playing games. So, um, yeah, it's not. It's never going to be an exciting competition. And even though it's nice to play at Chatham, it used to be played at the Shields, didn't it? But be there. Is that another goal? No, it was uh, just wide uh, for, for Dartford. Uh, yeah, I, I, think that's the, I think that's the thing. And, you know, I mean, I've seen, well, we saw the final... In the first season of the podcast, it was at the Gallagher Stadium, and we assumed tonight's going to be at the Gallagher Stadium. But Ch- Chatham is a, is a nice place uh, to, to, to play this game. It's, it's it's quite central, I suppose, and, and and it does kind of give give the opportunity to to, to people to come along here. It's, yeah, and I guess the, the the Kent FA's hands were tied, and it's so difficult because, like you say, that the comp- the competition hasn't got the gravitas that it had 20, 30 years ago. It's not one of the highlights of the season, is it? It's, it's, it's one of those things that gets played and gets done. And and I think that's a, a, a an interesting conundrum for, for, for the Kent FA about, about well, where it goes. But how they're think... never going to... A competition like... It's never going to be a sexy competition, is it? That nobody's going to care about or... Um, it's it's one of those, like, I think, you, you care if you get to the final four. You know, if, if David reached the semi-finals this year, I mean, it would have been a bloody miracle from sort of one, two games anyway. But if David got to the semi-finals, by that time, you're getting excited about it, aren't you? No, not at all. It's not a competition that um, adds anything to, to it. Um, yeah, the days of any, you know, nobody cares technically about the FA Trophy, so why are they going to care about the NCAA Cup you don't get any money in it? And again, 
know, I've had some good days back in the day when I was a young man, back in the late 80s, early 90s, watching the competition. But, yeah, it's just a competition that's played probably because it's been played for the last 150 years. But, got, you know, still having a good day out, but I don't think it has any, any credibility anymore. No, well, we shall, uh, we shall move on from there. I think you've, you've summed up your thoughts on that quite well. Uh, what else has been going on this week? Oh, loads, actually. Uh, Welling United have got a new chairman. Uh, the Mark Goldberg era is over. Paul Whitehead is the new man in charge. Uh, we were hoping to speak to Paul, but he's, he's got a few uh, little bits and pieces that he just needs to sort out before uh, he's happy to, to talk on the record. But he is happy to talk to us. It may well be next season. Uh, but uh, a, a big step. Uh, for Welling, uh, and one of the first things that the new board did was they gave Warren Feeney a new contract, and I, I think that's a really good move because from where they were, Warren Feeney did a good job. Yeah, I, I think he talks the talk, Warren Feeney. He's been there, I liked how he's went abroad to manage um, in Bulgaria or somewhere, wasn't it? He's, he's managed in the football league, he's come back in. Of course, the, the chairman was involved with the club before, wasn't he? So he's not coming into news in this. So, um, well, he's had a, a bit of a struggle. Um, Mark, Goldberg, Mark Goldberg's gone. And it'll be interesting to see where does Warren Feeney get his players from now. You would have thought that Welly will have a better season than they did last season if he's given a budget the players that he can attract. So I'm sure um, Warren Feeney has got a wide pool of players. I think he's heavily involved with the Northern Ireland 21. So he might be able to uh, exploit that market if there's players in the who play at um, football league clubs who want to be loaned out. So, interesting times for Welling, and I think it's a good point. Yeah, I think the, the thing is for Welling is, is you know, that they've got they've got to have ambitions because they've always been a, a top National League South at worst sort of team. You know, they've spent a lot of time in the in the National League or the GM Vauxhall Conference as it was back in the day. Uh, you know, they, they, they're a good club and, and they've got the potential there. And, it has been a frustrating couple of years. I remember seeing them uh, at Eastbourne a couple of years ago and they lost 2-1 and people singing, we want our Welling back and, and the frustration. And, and I've seen people on social media saying they wouldn't come again all the time. Goldberg was there. Uh, you know, Goldberg is a, is, is a man who's done a lot for Kent non-league football, uh, but maybe his his race was, was run at Welling uh, and, and it was time for a change. And I, I understand there's there's investment to come and, and, and the future's... The future's pretty bright for Welling, but as I say, I think Warren Feeney is, is a good start. And, you know, of all our clubs, come August, they've probably got the most to look forward to when the new season starts because they've got a complete new new broom swept through, new people behind the scenes. They're going to have a, a new look squad with all these sim players leaving. And, and I think it's quite, I, I think it's really, really exciting. And, you know, you probably don't want to hear this as a Dover Athletic fan, but I think they'll, they'll, they'll challenge next season. Maybe not, at the very top, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him in and around the playoff spots. Yeah, I, I think um, with the contacts he's got, I think he's got something to prove, Juan Feeney. Um, yeah, he came across really well in the interviews we heard him from him. When you spoke to him, I think um, Welling fans could be, uh, you know, they've, they've had a bit of a stinker of a season. Um, they've got some half-decent players he had there. We keep Depot, that's one of the main questions. I'm sure it'll be interesting some they'll be scouting around players. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they get up winning the season. But I think they're gonna have a better season than they did like this year. So. Well they've had a couple of rough they've had a, probably three rough seasons and I think the key thing is stability because you know we've seen uh, they've had Peter Taylor, they've had Steve Lovell, they've had Warren Feeney, they've had 
Bradley Quinton, you know. So, so I think that the most important thing for Welling is that is that Warren Feeney is given time, and if the start doesn't go well, then they'll just have to keep pushing on and and, and give him give him the opportunity because it's going to be a competitive league again. Uh, so it would be nice if 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 Welling can can give a good go at it because let's face it, it's the Kent Non League podcast. We'd love nothing more than for all of our teams to be duking it out at the, at the top of the table. I mean, this year we've been lucky to have three of the top. What four come the end of the season with three of the top four, and I'd love something like that next season as well, and, and chuck another couple into the mix as well. Because you've got Tommy James with the new manager, new pitch. You've got Welling, uh, new manager. You've got Dover, who surely can't be any worse uh, than they were uh, last season, and you've got Darford who have just taken lead in the Ken Senior Cup final. So you know it, it's all going to be a, a really, really exciting time, and. and you know, this season hasn't even finished yet and we're already getting excited about next year. So that's a good positive sign, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's uh, exciting things. So I think a lot of, you know, with, with, when we go through the list of managers that have changed clubs in a minute, a lot of clubs <laughs> are going to be really excited this time next season. Yes, well, let's do that then. Uh, the, man- the managerial merry-go-round uh, continued apace this week. Uh, just after we recorded last week's show, it was announced that James Collins had left Faversham and the next day he was appointed as manager of Isthmian Premier League side It Bowles and Pitsy. Uh, their director of football there is Paul Hayes, who uh, ended his playing career down here at Chatham, uh, where James Collins was the manager. So obviously uh, he, he was very keen to bring him in. Uh, the following morning after Collins' departure, it was announced that James Rogers had decided to leave Hyde Town to focus on his playing career. Uh, there's a few clubs in for him, I understand, as well. Uh, Steve Watt, Rogers' predecessor at Reachfields, is also his successor, the former Maidstone United captain, uh, coming back into the club uh, to, to take charge again at Hyde. In the meantime, Nick Davis of VCD Athletic to return to Sittingbourne, and then Richard Stiles departed Tunbridge Wells to take on the job at Whitstable. Uh, Darren Manning has also left Wellington, so there's still lots going on. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on the vast amount of information that I've just given in the last 45 seconds or so? Uh, absolutely crazy. We never saw this coming. Uh, Nick Davis going back to Sittingbourne. Seems a good fit. He's been there before. I think when we started, they were flying high and he was the manager, so... He's gone in there. I feel sorry for Darren um, Blackburn for losing his job. Um, but again, it probably seems a nice fit. Surprised to Steve Watt, because there was no money. Maybe there's no money down in that high. Interested to see what he does. Um, James Rogers, I'm led to believe, he's got enough clubs on his uh, radar to choose from. Um, who, else, who else have we got? I'm surprised. Yeah, I think apparently he lived up that way, James Collins. He lives up that way, Medway, so... Leaving that, went to the higher league, did a decent job. Prices well Leagues move on, but numerous clubs have numerous managers with numerous excitement next season. But uh, there will be any more? Is that it? Is there going to be it? There's no more movement going around. And I've also Tunbridge Wells, Stiles moving to Whitstable. Whitstable is going to be the big side next season, aren't they? So he's, he's he had a mixed bag at Tunbridge Wells, but maybe that experience. I think Richard Stiles did a really good job at Tom Ridgewell's, actually. I think he, he had, uh, the, the, the you know, he, he got them back playing the, the sort of football that they've been wanting to play. They were stuck in a rut for a long time. He replaced, obviously, Jason Bourne, and that was the end of their FA Vars sort of era. And I, and I think he did he did a really good job. I think they were a little bit inconsistent this season. But, you know, Whitstable is obviously a big draw. But Tom Ridgewell's is, is, is a very appealing job for someone because you're going to be looking. That, that team, if they're playing well, they're getting 500 through the gates every week. Uh, you know, they're really well supported and 
I think you'd, you'd get the back in. I think people want to play for Tunbridge Wells. So, you know, th- th- there's there's someone out there who's going to get that job and I think they're going to be pretty, pretty happy with it all. Yeah, no idea who's going to be in for that. We've got absolutely no idea. So, uh, but I think there's been a goal in your game, John, isn't there? Yeah, I did, I did say a minute ago, Darford had taken the lead. I did say you've got Darford who've just taken the lead in the Kent Senior Cup. So, um, oh, I didn't I, I missed them. I was, I was so thinking about that so much. Uh, oh, it was good. Uh, I Darth though. I didn't actually see it. I did just see uh, Alfie Paxman, who's been superb on the left, fire the ball across the face of goal, and about three Folkestone players tried to get on the end of it, and none of them managed it. Uh, so they're, they're still pushing Folkestone uh, in this game. Uh, but yeah, 2 1 to Dartford is the latest score. So why make it, Matt, that the current jobs that are available are Faversham, Tunbridge Wells, VCD, and Wellingtown. So there, there's, there's, there's still going to be more comings and goings over the coming weeks. Uh, and, and, and I guess we'll just have to keep an eye, won't we? We, we may know more this time next week because although Faversham have said the, the closing date for their applicants is, is the 31st of May, but you would think you want to make those decisions quickly. Because you want to start getting the, the, the march on getting the players in, don't you? Well, yeah, because, you know, I think I think when the season starts, 13th of August, isn't it? So, probably have well, to for, start again in July. For the Isthmian League, for the Isthmian League, yeah. But obviously for the scaffold with Tunbridge Wells, it starts in July, so. Yeah, so, um, yes, interesting times ahead. But how many, when we, when we start this club back again, we'll have to work out how many clubs have got a new manager. Well, that would be Darford 2, Folkestone in Victor 2. Uh, a bit of a scramble around the penalty area and the ball was eventually tapped home uh, by Dave Smith at the far post to make it Darford 2, Folkestone. I'd say this has, been an, this has been an excellent game of football. Uh, no matter how reluctant people were about it, it's been a really, really good game. Obviously, you've already heard the reaction uh, to the game, but I'm just telling you what's happening while I'm here. But uh, yeah, 2-2 in this game and, and about... Or about 10, 15 minutes left before penalties. So I've seen we've seen a penalty shoot out here before, haven't we, Matt? With the uh, the the uh, Ken Nolly podcast trophy, as it ended up being. So you know what's going to happen. Well, okay, okay. You know my views on it. So glorified yeah. friendly with a trophy at the end of it. Yes, exactly. Well, that's pretty much it for the uh, for the football chat this week. Uh, I've just started watching that Grace that's been on. Uh, my my local paper in Eastbourne have been. Uh, posting more stories about it on Facebook than anything. I think it must be getting hits because it's been popular. Uh, and obviously it's filmed quite local to us. So a uh, very, very interesting program. We, we watched the first the first one, which was actually on about 18 months ago, but it's uh, yeah, quite, quite enjoying it. So I think we're going to persevere with that one. Well, 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 apart from that, what have I been watching? Bosch has been back on. Um, and very well, apart from that, anything else? No, nothing really. We just sort of... Um, Enjoying the sunshine and sort of not wishing too much in the old telly. So, yeah, yeah not apart from that, nothing exciting. Just, okay, we haven't talked about Dover, mate, on the weekend. Oh, mate, I can't believe we forgot it. Um, it's almost as if it's insignificant. Um, yeah, of course, Dover finished their season uh, on Saturday, but pretty much on Sunday, pretty much typical. They lost to a last minute penalty. Uh, are you glad it's over? Absolutely, absolutely. We should have won because we lost by four or five times. Summed up the season when they went down the other end with the only shot in the second half. Got a penalty, the keeper saved it, and they followed it in and scored. So, all in all, glad it's all over. Now we need to move on, forget about this season. And I'm looking forward to the first game of next season and say when Dover win, they've got more points after one game than they did in the whole 44. 
Uh, 3-2 to Dartford, a deflected goal. Uh, and I think the keeper got a hand to it, so we're disappointed with that. Uh, I think it may have been Conor Essam who's been, he, he was, he was taking the plaudits. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Dartford have, have retaken the lead in this. It's absolutely cracking game of football, as I keep saying. Three uh, two, but yeah, let's go back. Let's go back today. You say you're, you're glad it's all over. It's, it's never going to be that bad again. And do you know what, Matt? There's part of me that wishes you'd finished on minus points or nil points because yeah, all right, you ended with one, but wouldn't it? One nil, it, it doesn't make any difference. That extra point, uh, it just annoyed me a bit. If you'd finished on nil, I think I'd have found that more entertaining. You're not the only person to say that. One is just a bit. Mm. Yeah. From there, so yeah, yeah. Um, but it's all over. Um, I thought we would end up more than one, more than one point. It wasn't fair, but we will go again, and um, let's hope for hope for a more successful season next year. I, I know you've got new sponsors as well, uh, and you know a lot of the time you, you've been sponsored by Jim Palmer's company. So it's it, it's a positive that you've got a, another local company on board. Yeah, uh, Mega, the big, third biggest employee in the in the town. They want to get involved. The key thing is to get people back on board. And they're keen to do that. So, um, uh, Mega on the shirts. Hopefully, Mega on the pitch. We see you all week. Uh, well, that's pretty much it then for, for this week's show. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Kent and Hill Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, search for Kent and Hill Podcast. I'm at John Pips81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, one more show for you this season. Uh, it will be next week. Well, I don't know what day. It'll probably be Tuesday night, mate, I expect. Uh, we'll be recording because I'm working again on Wednesday. Uh, I've had a great week. Uh, do- doesn't need to be broadcast, but I've had a great week. So uh, we'll, uh, that'll all be discussed at some point in the future. Uh, but yes, yeah, so thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. And we'll speak to you all next week for the final time in 21-22. Your main aim is to get sprayed with champagne. Another goal goes in. Disallowed. Folkson thought they'd equalise which from disallowed for offside. Your main aim is to get covered in champagne by the winning team from that.